0: Welcome to Cabin 11, a Percy Jackson podcast, where there is always an extra bunk bed. Hi, friends. This week, it's just me, Celeste. Minnie isn't feeling super well, and hopefully we'll be feeling much better by the time this episode is released. But for the time being, they need rest and sleep, so that's what we're giving them the time to do. We hope that you feel better really soon, Minnie. What we're doing this week instead is I'm going to be going to do a rundown of where we're at in the musical. We haven't talked much about it since I think chapter 3 where Percy and Sally go to the beach because I referenced the song Strong because there were a few lines in there that I felt were important and I was able to add into there but we haven't touched it much yet. But before I jump in completely and go hatewire because I have almost three pages of notes (laughs) I just want to give a quick reminder of where you can find us at. So you can follow Cabin11 on Twitter at Percy, and don't forget that you can email us at cabin11podcast at gmail.com for any inputs you may have now that's going to include any memes fan art thoughts or ideas so we just love hearing from you so keep them coming last episode or last chapter analysis i should say we left off where percy annabeth and grover killed demon triplet grandmothers and zeus exploded another bus So at this point in the musical, we would be about to launch into song number 11, Lost, which is also the act two opening number. So this is a perfect time to do this. We're going to talk about the first part of the show, and I'm really excited about it. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical premiered in 2014 at the Lucille Lortel Theater in New York City. Now, the music was written by Rob Rikiki and the book was written by Joe Trax. Don't know if I said those names properly, but it's what we're working with. After receiving two off-Broadway ones, off-Broadway ones, off-Broadway runs and two national tours, The Lightning Thief Musical received a 16-week limited run on Broadway, which I was super lucky to be able to attend. I got to see the show in December of 2019 and it was phenomenal. Chris McCarroll was Percy. Joral Javier, I think, is his full name. Pronunciation again, I apologize. Played Grover. And Kristen Soaks was the beautiful, wonderful, amazingly talented Annabeth. I hope one day to be able to see the show again. And hopefully, many will get the opportunity to see the show. Fingers crossed. And not long after the show on Broadway closed, they actually announced a 2020 tour we all know what happened with that. Earlier this year, or not even earlier this year, just a couple months ago, uh, they did a one-hour production in New York City again, which from my understanding went over fairly well. It was developed with new costume designs and just a shortened, more accessible version. Not quite a youth version, but not like a kid's version. I don't know. I didn't really understand what the whole concept was it seemed like it was more built to just be like a one-act production easier for small communities to be able to put on and still be able to perform their maybe favorite show with that being said i'm gonna jump right into the analysis i'm hoping to keep this episode around like 10-15 minutes so it's definitely a shorter one but i'm super excited about it and i hope you guys are ready for it too this musical follows the story of my personal favorite demigod i was going to put everybody's personal favorite demigod but I feel like with the release of Moana a couple years ago, some people might say Maui's their favorite demigod, so whatever. It's just what I went with. But it follows his Journey Through the Lightning Thief book. I wrote up a summary at this point in the show, and I actually just want to share a little snippet really quick. The show premiered in 2014, and I would have been a sophomore in high school, and I remember being on Twitter one day and seeing a tweet by Persephone, and it was a... Interview, and she was talking about how her daughter was really, really excited for her, but also told her that she better not mess it up because Percy Jackson was her favorite book. And I think that that's really wholesome that they were using actors who, just by luck, had people in their family who already had an attachment to this show. So I think that that's a really good place to start by having people who are familiar with the production. Kristen Stokes was Annabeth right off the gate and worked on the show for six years and in the last performance that they had on Broadway she actually changed a line that I'm going to talk about a little bit later from five years to six years and it was very emotional and I wish I'd been in the audience so the show opens with prologue slash expelled this number follows Percy through his experience at the museum going through his battle with Mrs. Dodds realizing that something weird is going on but nobody believing him and you called it being expelled. Percy really struggles with this as he's getting ready to go home. He feels that nobody wants him around. Mr. Brunner told him that maybe it's for the best. Grover's acting weird. And Percy just feels a little trapped. Um, He kind of opens up to his mom without telling her what exactly is going on. She surprises him with a trip to Montauk where they love to go but his father... Well, stepfather, very important. Stepfather, Gabe, did not want them to go. When they get to the beach, Percy's talking more and more about his insecurities, saying how he just wishes that he was normal, that he wishes he didn't keep putting his mother in these positions, and he just feels like he's negatively impacting the people around him. And I personally can absolutely understand how that feels. And Sally responds really well with the most gorgeous song, Strong sally is telling percy to be strong that he doesn't have to be society's norm to be a good kid or even to be someone worthwhile but she's also making sure he's heard and that being special isn't a bad thing but it is time to address this because time is running out she's not oblivious to what's going on sally knew that this was coming and she knew that it was time for him to go to camp and i think that that's why she planned this trip to montauk because i have a feeling that percy was going to end up at Camp Half-Blood one way or another this summer and Sally was scared that he was going to be a year-round camper and she would never see him again. After this song uh, Grover shows up and as we know in the book when Grover shows up that means he's being pursued by the Minotaur. The next song that we go into is the Minotaur slash the Wildest Dream. So this is the Minotaur versus Sally, Percy and Grover. I really like this song because it efficiently pushes the plot point forward by encompassing the moment where Percy's mom is being taken away from him. Percy and Grover arriving to Camp Half-Blood. Percy having this weird delusional dream that he has this interaction with Poseidon. And he does not know that it is Poseidon at the time. And at the very end, he sees this angel. And it's Annabeth. And Annabeth drops one of our favorite lines. You drool when you sleep. Right at the end of this song. Percy wakes up. He is introduced to Annabeth. Annabeth. And one of our next characters, Mr. D. Mr. D is introduced with the song Another Terrible Day. This production definitely focuses on using Dionysus as a comedy character. Um, I do feel that his comedy is especially geared towards young children. It's very physical. Um, It's the same actor who plays Grover. And it's a complete 180. It dramatizes his experiences with being one of the main adults running camp, and this song also introduces to us the fact that Mr. Brunner, or Chiron, is a centaur. So at this point, we've been given all sorts of information in just these first four songs. We've been introduced to Percy, Grover, uh, Chiron, Sally, Annabeth, and I think that's it at this point. Sorry, pulled those off the top of my head. Naturally, Percy has a lot of questions. He wants to know where he is. He wants to know why he's there. What's a demigod? There's gods. There's Greek gods. This is all new information for him. And Chiron tries really hard to instill the message of faith to Percy through the song There's Sign. He's encouraging Percy to be patient, that when his father is ready, he will claim him and then he can feel whole, I guess is the best way to describe it. But Percy wants none of that he wants immediate answers he wants that instant gratification and he pops off with one of my personal favorite lyrical moments is this show and i'm gonna read it so if my dad's a god i'd like to know which one which one he's got a lot to answer for he showed no sign that he ever existed no sign that he might actually care my mom raised me all on her lonesome when i would reach out no one else would be there i want my birthday cards and fishing trips child support and homework tips Don't mean to whimper or whine. The guy didn't need to be dad of the year, but it's clear he could have shown us a sign. Now this specifically really resonates with me because I feel like if there was anything that I would have asked from this musical, it's that they would have put in the fact that the outcome that Percy asks for in the final book of the series is introduced in that first book. There's no reason that he couldn't have shown him a sign, but he was too busy being a god and not being aware that he's literally creating life with other human beings and to gods that's whatever a lifetime can be from a minute to a hundred plus years and to them that's simply a speck in their life as an eternal being in this song luke comes to percy's aid and tells him that it doesn't matter who his parents who his parent is and as long as they have each other they'll be okay which i love that and it's so wholesome even though i know that there are underlying tones it's fine. So finally, we meet Clarice. Put you in your place allows the dynamic of the different cabins to really show through, and Annabeth is shown in her true glory. The goddess of wisdom and knowledge would have always had a baddigy straddle. Especially a battle straddle. That's a new one. A battle strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Minnie. The goddess of wisdom and knowledge would always have a battle spat. The goddess of wisdom and knowledge would always have a battle strategy, especially for capture the flag. And Clarice is shown to go for the weakest target. No meat, so to say. We get to see Percy's first hint at powers as Clarice gargles with toilet water. Now, Clarice is a daughter of Ares, in case we haven't caught up on that yet. I realize that I didn't mention that at this point. So, another strong character who resurfaces throughout the entire series and through- Well, not so much throughout this musical, but definitely throughout the series. After the excitement of Capture the Flag, the campers gather around their campfire to talk about their godly parents, as one does at the end of their night in Camp Half-Blood. We learn through this song that many of the campers feel slighted by their parents. A daughter of Demeter complains about getting a fern for her 16th birthday while she watches all of her mortal friends receive cars. A daughter of Aphrodite frustrated that mom waits up for her after dates to only flirt with her date. And of course, Grover, who looks up to Pan, disappeared. And well, Chiron's father is Kronos. So he wins as having the worst dad, which ironically enough, Luke says the line, Chiron wins. Percy has a heartfelt moment in this song where he's asked about his parents and he starts to sing about Sally the line goes my mom was named sally she loved scary movies and food that was blue before he got cut off and the past tense of this moment truly breaks my heart because i believe in the show it's portrayed to have taken place all in the same day so percy's really going through it after this song there's a bit of dialogue and acting that goes on as does so in musicals (laughs) and He is claimed, and at this point he is told that he must do this quest or leave camp, which is extremely different than in the books as we know. Thus we receive the show-stopping song, Good Kid, that exposes all of Percy's insecurities. So Good Kid is the song that put this show on the map for me. Yes, I saw that tweet a few years earlier than that, but it was 2017 where I really started to catch wind that this Percy Jackson musical was still alive and it didn't just flop. And I remember listening to this and being like, oh, my gosh, I need to see this show one day. In this song, Percy just talks about how he wants to be a good kid and stop being put in positions that cause him to be portrayed as a troubled kid or puts his mom in bad situations. And after a heartfelt I'm sober, Minnie. I promise. After a heartfelt conversation with Luke, Percy finally decides that he's going to do it he's not going to do the quest for his father he's doing it for himself and for his mother and this wonderful moment launches us into killer quest which is one of my favorite songs in this show percy grover and annabeth all see this quest as an opportunity to prove themselves grover needs to redeem himself at least he feels he needs to redeem himself for what happened to talia the daughter of zeus and annabeth is just ready to prove herself to her mom and making sure that her five years at camp haven't gone to waste so this particular line is definitely within my top five and it's annabeth when she comes to Percy and she says you need me too, seaweed brain and she says five long you're stuck at camp underneath athena's lockdown clamp been waiting for the chance to prove i'm champ i've got mad battle strategy my mom will be impressed i'm coming on your killer quest she just wants her chance to shine and this moment is what she's been waiting for and we've seen that in the books as well She's so flustered that it's Percy because she doesn't want it to be a son of Poseidon or a daughter Poseidon. Just Poseidon in general was a big, oh my gosh, no. I think that Annabeth would have even taken a Hades child over this. That brings us through the entire first act of The Lightning Thief. And it kind of relates to where we're at. So that was super good timing that we really didn't plan. If you guys liked this, I can potentially do a second one once we're done with the book to talk about the book in the second half, sorry, the musical in the book in the second half, and maybe we can potentially bring in some friends to talk about it a little bit more in depth. I have a very rich theater background, and I'm sure that I have a handful of friends who would love to discuss this topic. So I just wanted to remind you once more that you can follow Cabin 11 on Twitter at Cabin Percy and email us at cabin11podcast at gmail.com. We're so grateful for the fact that every week we post an episode, we even just get a couple of listens. So don't be afraid to share us with your Percy Jackson loving friends and even your podcast loving friends. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one.